Hey everyone, welcome to Save Your Sorry. I am your host, Katrina Rochelle, and I am here with my fellow co-host slash agitator, Jose Angel. How are you today? <laughs> I am doing great. I know it's only been a week, but it feels like so long since we recorded. I know. I wish it was longer. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. I was like, do, do you like my new label for you? I'm going to try every time I do the intro, I'm going to try to uh, give you a different type of title. Yeah, just just start becoming more and more insulting with it. Well, I feel like that's a way you can paint me in a corner to be mean, but <laughs> I'm going to roll with it because you said it on tape. Okay. All right. All right. So who are we talking about today? Today, we'll be talking about the self-proclaimed Black Barbara Streisand, or the day Tupac. <laughs> I didn't know about that first one. You called me off. <laughs> Jesse Smollett. Mm. I almost stopped myself from doing this one because for some reason, Trump supporters love to talk about this case. I guess it helps them try and discredit hate crime victims. But here at Save Your Sorry, we are determined to find out the facts of a case and get to the truth. So that's just what we're going to do. That's what we're going to do. <laughs> I got most of my information from the New York Times and an article by Colin Dwyer from NPR giving the timeline and from reading the police reports and from Jesse's interview on Good Morning America. Okay, okay. I, I am very interested about this subject and this one. This this is definitely... um. Jesse is definitely somebody who I've wanted to talk about, but I felt like I would not do do justice for him to be someone, one of my subjects. So I'm glad you did it. Yeah, I'm. hopefully I do. I'm good. Or, I think you will. Of course. So Jesse was born June 21st, 1982. That makes him a Gemini, which explains a lot. Oh, look at it. We are already getting down to the judge. <laughs> His parents were Joel and Janet. He is the third oldest, and his siblings are Jake, Jazz, Jojo, Jockey, and probably the most famous sibling, Journey. We love Journey. They don't have that much to do with today's episode, but I love that they're all J names, and I just had to include it. Yeah, and we and, and we love Journey. <laughs> yes, we do love Journey. Um, not to throw shade or anything, but every time I think of Journey, she just seems so much younger because she was on Full House. And everyone from Full House, to me, is, like, just so old. And Journey's still young. Yeah, she got a, she's, she got good genes. You're yeah. right. She, even as an adult, because she, she's, like, old, she's getting older. Maybe in, like, her 30, maybe 40s. Yeah, but. but she's she, still kind of, she, yeah, she's useful looking. Yeah. So, Jesse's early life was heavily influenced by civil rights activism. Jesse said, quote, my mom was in the movement with Bobby Seale and Huey Newton, and one of her first mentors was Julian Bond. To this day, Angela Davis is one of her dearest friends. For those of you who don't know who those people are, they're founders and activists of the Black Panther Party. I love Angela Davis. She's my favorite out of that whole group. Yeah, I I mean, there's an interview Jesse does where they kind of talk about her, and she does not get enough credit. She's mm -hmm. pretty much brushed aside in history, unless you're like actively looking. Jesse and his siblings were also very active for civil rights causes. Alfre Woodard, who met Jesse when he was 15, said their sense of justice is very strong and permeates everything they do. Like the family? Um, I believe on that quote, she was talking about Jesse and Journey. Oh. But the whole family is like all about acting and doing civil rights issues and all that. Besides activism, Jesse was a child actor slash model. He started modeling at the age of four and then began acting. In 1991, he was in New Jack City. In 1992, he was in The Mighty Ducks. In 1994, Jesse had a role with siblings in a TV show called On Our Own. Jesse says he was always working from the age of four. He had some odd jobs like being a waiter or a clown, but it was mostly acting, modeling, and writing music. Man, okay, so I heard everything you said, but I ain't gonna lie. When you and, and it was like one of the first things you said. You say he's in New Jack City. I'm like searching my mind for this little man in New Jack City, because who the hell was he? I mean, he was a child, but I'm not who the hell too sure. He? I just looked up his filmography, filmography to get a timeline, so I didn't really look into it that That's much. Funny. I literally watched New Jack City yesterday. That's what's so funny. <laughs> but anyway, I'm and sorry. you didn't spot him. 
I did. That's why I'm like, what the fuck? I mean, he could just be an extra or something. I'm not even that sure. Yeah, he could have been. Mm, I was about to say something rude. <laughs> In 2007, Jesse did stop for a DUI. Something weird about this is he tells the cops he is Jake, his brother, and even signed his name as Jake. This strike me as really weird and maybe even fucked up, like he's trying to his brother to face the consequences. But then I saw... What's his age? Ooh, quick math. 2007, he was born in 1982. Am I doing this math or you? I'm doing it. 25. Okay, because I... Yeah, good enough. (laughs) Old enough to know better. Um, Let me double check I did that math right. I mean, he's either 25... You're only a year over or under. Yeah, he's 25 or 24. Yeah. yeah. He was also charged with false impersonation driving and a driving under the influence and driving without a valid license. So I think it just comes down to Justy trying not to get into more trouble for not having a license, but not with like malicious intention. It could be. But I'm not sure weird. how the cops found out he was not Jake, but they did, obviously. Jesse pleads no contest. And in 2008, Jesse completes his alcohol classes. He had to take for his DUI. And that is put behind him. I think this didn't really make that much of a splash because at the time, Jesse's like a B-list actor. And so no one's really going to report on that. Yeah, I'm thinking 2007. uh, He probably wouldn't do anything big time yet. No. In 2015, Jesse got his breakout role that really makes him an A-lister and the buzz around town as Jamal Lyon in the hit show Empire. Hey! (laughs) I think I watched the first three seasons of Empire, and I did love it. But I, I remember the it. trailer with Tarashi P. Henson saying, for 17 years, I've been living like a dog, and I was hooked. <laughs> I even think we were texting or tweeting each other about it. Yeah, I mean, I, as soon as I saw that trailer, I knew I was going to watch, and I was trying to rope you into it so we could all watch. And it was it was very successful at, at first. Yes. <laughs> Anyways, Empire was a huge success, like you said, and so was Jamal's character. He was singing the songs, my favorite being You're So Beautiful, <laughs> and was playing the day character. And a man love a man, a man <laughs> love a you're man. Okay, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. 2015 was not that long ago, but I remember people talking about this gay and Black character being on TV, and it did help open the doors with representation, in my opinion. Yeah, I think so, because... uh. And the thing is, is because you got to think of it. He, he, he was actually gay and what they all, what Hollywood was known to do is try to get that one, uh, straight person to play a gay character. And they either, uh, would be so timid that they wouldn't do anything. Cause I remember Jamal, you know, he had kisses scenes, he had love scenes, stuff like that. And if it's a straight character, unless it's for like an Oscar worthy movie, they don't get down like that. And they tend to not really, you know, give give somebody a real storyline yeah and i mean the character of jamal was really flushed out like Mm -hmm. he had relationships at the time rumors started swirling if jesse was gay in real life so jesse goes on ellen and he has always said he didn't talk about his personal life but didn't want people to think he was hiding it so he does confirm he is gay in like behind the scenes interview saying he was not coming out the closet because there was no closet to come out of for him which I did. I hate the notion of coming out. I just wish it was like norm- normalized. Like if you're gay or bi or whatever, your sexual orientation, you should just be able to live and not have to quote, come out. Do you get what I'm saying? I, yeah, I, I definitely agree. And and the crazy thing for me is that in, in sexuality, honestly, does not matter. But um, I watch a lot of LGBT uh, movies th- from like being a teenager to an adult. So I had seen Jesse in a couple of them. So I already kind of assumed that if he wasn't, you know, by gay, he was somewhere in there. So I never thought of it as him needing to come out. But I could understand Empire being on Fox and it getting as many views as it did. He was reaching a whole nother audience that wasn't used to his face. So, uh, you know, people was probably, yeah, you're right. Talks got around. And instead of it just being organically he is who he is in his lifestyle and how he does his roles and stuff it was like no we need you to say you're this or that at the end of the day though it doesn't matter who he's fucking or not fucking like it doesn't change anything that's true i mean talent is talent it's either there or it's not yeah 
In 2016, Jesse and his siblings had a cooking show called Smola Eats, or Smola Eats, however you pronounce the last name. Smoking Smolets. That's what it <laughs> should have been. That's a better day. <laughs> like, do some barbecue, throw some on the grill. His brother Jake is a chef, so maybe that's why they got a cooking show, but it has all the siblings. I never watched it or even heard about it, but mm-hmm. honestly, Me I don't neither. think it did that well. <laughs> it was only one season. But I do have to one, say the little clips. Three episodes. <laughs> <laughs> the little clips I saw that I found on YouTube, it was just nice seeing the siblings cook together and like talk. Like they mesh well. Mm-hmm. On I March. Mean, I don't know why I said mm-hmm, like I watched it. <laughs> mm-hmm, I definitely saw that. <laughs> on March 2nd, 2018, he releases an album called Some of My Music. Some is spelled S U M. Oh, smart. <laughs> Ew. You know, I really hope it's spelled like that and I just did not <laughs> like in my notes. <laughs> that would be funny. Okay, but I think that's how it's spelled. Before watched... you told me that was that was spelled like that, I'm like, okay, you're trying to be funny. This is some of my music. <laughs> Which, it's a nice title. I watched one video called Hurt People. And honestly, the song is not bad. It's kind of been stuck in my head. He's just dancing around and confronting racists, but it's a cool little video. (laughs) Also, before we move on, the reason we are here today, I just want to say I watched an interview because I always try to do like, like watch interviews just if I don't know them that well to get like a feeling for them. Yeah. And he gave an interview on The Breakfast Club around the time Empire was in season five. And he is also starting to do some directing. He comes off as very down to earth. He says he's not one of those actors who gets mad if someone calls him Jamal instead of Jesse, because that's how they know him. This is where he jokingly calls himself the Black Barber Streisand. And this is the first time I hear him say the Black Tupac, not the Black Tupac, the gay Tupac. But he says he decided to do that on the Breakfast Club of all places. Yeah, he says it about his character Jamal at this point saying Jamal is the gay Tupac. He talks a lot about stereotypes of being Black and being gay and just being a man. And honestly, mm-hmm. it's a great interview. I almost had a Tyra Banks moment where I was like screaming, we were rooting for you, how dare you? Because like <laughs> it came off very likable. Uh, January 22nd moment. of 2019, Jesse claims he received a letter on the set of Empire. On the front of the letter in bad handwriting, like if they're trying to conceal their handwriting... In red marker, it just says Jesse Smollett. The return address just says MAGA, which stands for Make America Great Again. Mm-hmm. Inside the letter, there's a stick figure hanging from a tree, a gun pointed to the stick man saying, Smollett Jesse, you would die, black, F-word, homophobic, slur for a gay man. Well, the first nip- of all, that's just, just too much. Is he dead because the gun or he got hanged? I mean, choose one, <laughs> you dumbass racist. <laughs> The note is like from cut up magazine letters. There is a powder, which is now believed to be Tylenol and some protein powder, I believe it said. Uh-huh. On January 29, 2019, Jesse claims he landed from a flight and realized he had no food at home. So he heads out to Walgreens because he thought they were 24 hours and he also planned to smoke. I'm getting this information from the interview he did on Good Morning America and he's just putting so many tiny details in it that that's my yeah, first I did inkling that something is off. Back I, did, to- I, I watched part of that. Sorry, my bad. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Started over. I was like, I'm stepping all over you. And I'm trying to turn off the ceiling fan. <laughs> Anyways, back to that night. He's going to Walgreens and he realizes it was closed. So he calls his creative director who was at his apartment and says he's not going to Walgreens, but separate to get a salad. And he asks him if he wants anything. He says, like, a tuna sandwich. While he's getting his order, he texts his manager to call him whenever he can. His manager calls him, and they're on the phone together, and he hears someone call out, Empire. And Jesse just keeps crossing the street and pays no attention because he says his name's not Empire, and he won't respond to that because it's not his name. Which, I don't know. That kind of contradicts what he said earlier in the Breakfast Club. But, whatever. So he said Jamal. He that, that is true. But for Don't all he dare knows, call that man an empire. For all he knows, it could have been a fan. So that's kind of weird that he, 
he would just keep walking, which I did. Maybe you know, he, he read the tone. Maybe. Jose! <laughs> am, I, am I trying to come with you <laughs> with some love and friendship? Maybe if you're like down the street. Yeah, that's true as well. You're right. I don't know. But then he hears, fuck Empire, and some cuss words, and they bleeped it out, but I think it just says, like, the N-word and other slurs. Uh-huh. So he turns around, and Jesse says, what the fuck did you just say? And he notices <clears throat> the man is wearing a ski mask. A lot of people report or say a MAGA hat, but I did not see anywhere where Jesse is saying MAGA hat. It is something that was just reported wrongly. Also, in the actual police report, it does say ski mask. So the attacker's in a ski mask, and Jesse says the attacker is white. Like, he can just tell by, like, the eye little section you can see. (laughs) Saw your pale-ass eye patch. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And the guy says, this is matter country, and punches Jesse in the face. And Jesse punches back, and he says they are, quote, tussling. And it's very icy. And then he realizes there is a second person who's kicking him in the back. And then out of nowhere, it just stops. The attackers run off. Jesse says his manager is still on the phone. And the phone was in his pocket, but fell out. I see a lot of people finding this as an inconsistency that, the, you know, because he was talking on the phone. But for all we know, he could have been wearing headphones or something. So... I'm not really counting it as an inconsistency. So it sounds his, weird, though. It does sound weird. So his manager's like, are you okay? What's going on? And he said, I just got jumped. And then he realizes there's a rope around his neck. And Jesse just starts screaming, saying, there's a rope around his neck. He also starts saying he is smelling bleach. Like, he knows what bleach smells like. Yeah, and, it has a distinct smell. Yeah. And he realizes they must have poured it on him his creative director who was at his apartment tells him they should call the police when he gets there and the 911 call you can find it now since they released it it is a weird 911 call the creative director is saying i have a famous person who was attacked and which i did you would say famous person because you don't want it in the news uh-huh and he says, but he doesn't want to press a report. And the 911 dispatcher tells him, well, if he doesn't want to, you know, put a report in, you can't do it for him. He has to do it. And he's like, oh, he'll do it. I'll make him do it. And then, I don't know, just how he says he, they put a rope around his neck, but didn't do anything. Comes off as really weird. Like he says those words? Yeah, he says they put, they a, put ro- a rope. They put I'm a rope sorry, around they- his neck, but they didn't do anything. So when the police first arrived to his apartment, Jesse says, come in. He does not want them around like the hallway. So his neighbors can see. And Jesse is, this is where he loses all credibility for me. Jesse is still in the bleach stained clothes and still has the rope around his neck. And at this point, it is like two hours later. Why do you say that's weird? Because it's been two hours? It's been two hours. At first, Jesse claims he wasn't even to call the police. So if I'm not about to call the police, the first thing I would do is take the rope off of my neck. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how. What? Okay, I guess what I, I would think is that we don't know how much time was in between him saying he might not or won't call the police and him changing his mind or being persuaded. And then you do have, you know, the history between black people and the cops. And if you have some evidence, as little as it may be, you would feel the need maybe to preserve it, maybe to not mess with it, because that would bring more credibility or believability to your your story. But I do see how people could view it as a stage setup type of situation. But I could see how it's also a preservation of of what could have happened to you. He had to walk home with that rope around his neck or he put mm-hmm. it back on. If Jesse says he put it back on, that would make it more believable to me because then he could see, look what could say, look what they did to me, like as a way of like getting their attention. Mm-hmm. But something that does give Jesse some credibility is that he did ask him to turn the body cams off. 
and to come inside his apartment because he did not want to make it a spectacle, which so a little more credibility on his side. You think having them turn off the body cams would bring more credibility to a story? In I my feel opinion, like that's a way that you could lie your way out of it without having video evidence. I don't know why I just try to defend them and then I'm against them again, but I'm just <laughs> saying I, there's different ways you could look at this. I, if if that's why I don't. Here's what I'll say: a body cam. If somebody's telling me the body cam needs to be off, whether it's the sus, whether it's the suspect slash victim, we don't know which one. Or a police officer, I think he's shady. Police officer better not turn that shit off. And you better not be asking to turn that shit off. You need all the evidence you can get. These people try to beat people when their cameras is on. <laughs> Why you think you need to turn them <laughs> off for? I think at that point, if he was trying to keep it private, if it actually happened, uh-huh. then it makes sense. Like, I don't want this in the news type of thing. Okay. So... On January 30th, the police feel like they have a break in the case. They have two men around this alleged scene of the crime caught on camera. You see their back, though, and police and the FBI are looking at the letter and the attack as a hate crime. So they want Jesse's phone. And this kind of strikes Jesse as weird. Like, he's not... At this point, he's the victim. Like, why should he have to turn his phone over? Mm-hmm. And honestly, I would not turn my phone over. Like, there's phone records, um, which Jesse does give, but the police say are redacted and not complete. But there could be stuff that is private on Jesse's phone. And stuff that you wouldn't trust police officers, especially when you don't know their intention. You don't want to trust them with sensitive information. I can understand that because, you know. Yeah, I don't know. You feel like once you give it up, they have the information forever. They can write it down, the numbers they want, the things that they want, whether it's for the case or not. And that's what and he paint was saying. you in a corner or use it against you. I, I can see that. I'm very I ain't got shit in my phone, but I don't want it in nobody else's hands. Yeah. And that's kind of what he was saying in the interview, which we haven't got into yet. But um, he was saying, like, he has famous people's number in there, like. Who knows? They could leak that information. Mm-hmm. So on February 1st, he releases a statement saying he's fine and, you know, his body's a little injured, but he's fine. And then he goes on to perform at a concert. And this is where he tells the audience he is the day two pop, which I don't even know what that means. Yeah, that video was crazy. So on February 13th, now two weeks after alleged attack, this is where Jesse does the good of morning America. And he says he's pissed off because some people are doubting his story because as soon as the story came out, like, you know, some people are doubting it. Uh And to me, the interview does, Jesse does not seem like he's telling the truth to me. In the interview? In the interview. Uh, Why do you say that? I, I, I debated back and forth about it because he's smiling through it which I kind of did. I feel like I might smile in an uncomfortable situation. Uh-huh. But the thing he most seems to get pissed off about is he says there was a camera, but it was facing the wrong direction. How would he know the camera was facing the wrong direction? If this was planned, maybe he wanted it to be on camera and he did not realize it was facing the wrong direction. Just a little uh-huh. conspiracy theory out there. And it... I, I don't know. Like, you know, you could just see videos and you think that person's bullshitting, that person's telling the truth. And just like with giving all the little details that don't matter about he was going to smoke, he was going to go to Walgreens, like, it doesn't matter. Yeah, they And they do say the more details my ass to their story, the more chance that they could be lying to you. I I don't know, though, because I, I watched parts of the interview, too, and it looked like to me, sometimes it looks like he was trying to, he was tearing up almost. Acting. Well, that's true as well. Who knows? But it's like, no offense, rarely anybody, especially when they haven't been uh, um, found guilty or innocent, no celebrity, no celebrity looks good when they're given their tell-all interview. 
They all look suspect and shady. And so he just, when he decided to do that interview to try and clear his name, he just added himself to the list. Nobody has done their interview and came out of there unscathed. Everybody comes out with either a meme, a catchphrase, or they just plain old looking stupid. I mean, we could go down a list right now. Half the people we interviewed had interviews like that and they didn't look good. Who are we interviewing? Uh, R. Kelly didn't look good on his. Oh, yeah. Bill Cosby true. didn't look good on his. Um, 6 9 went on the whole apology tour and look at him. Same behavior that got him in there. He looked um, good on his. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Looking like a motherfucking leprechaun's dream is what he looked like. I mean, that's how he always looked. So I don't no, think it made him come gold, off as bad. Look like the journey. So, um, but yeah. This is the same day. The persons of interest are apprehended coming back from Nigeria on a flight. No, just, not Nigeria. <laughs> <laughs> and I just want to note here, people are saying like they have Nigerian accents. And I heard one of the brothers speak and I don't, I don't hear any accent. And I'm pretty sure they were actually born in America. I've never, I mean, I've seen what those people look like, but I, I've never heard them speak. So I couldn't judge. I just think there was something that was reported wrong again. So See, more credit to his story. It, exactly. And this little such right here, I'm going to kind of give credit to his story. Okay. So after 47 hours of being police custody, they, Abel and Ola Osundero, say Jesse paid them 3500 to fake this whole thing. They claim it was a setup to get Jesse more fame and to get a raise from the show Empire. They also say any stretches or extra marks on his face is from Jesse himself. They only claim to punched him once. I don't know how long they're being questioned, but this does give me pause. Fake confessions are a thing, and police can legally only hold someone for 48 hours without charging them. And mm-hmm. I saw some sources say 47, some say almost to the hour. But around that time, I don't know how hard they were going at them, like interrogating them. They were probably throwing every, I mean, who knows? Jesse may, is maybe not big time, but it's weird that it's 48 hours. These men did not give up until the 47th hour. They had a relation to Jesse, so they could, it, the, the connection is not that far off. And it's like Chicago is one of the most corrupt police cities ever. I don't know if you should say allegedly. I mean, they're on record. They cover up up murders, especially black murders. I mean, Chicago ain't no shining city, but when you got a police, I I mean, I don't live in Chicago. They ain't going to, let me shut up. (laughs) But I'm (laughs) just saying, yeah, I might try to visit. They like, bitch. (laughs) Um, But the whole, I, I don't know. It could have been a fake confession. It could have been something. A coerced, coerced. Yeah. I try to say it right. <laughs> Another thing that gives me doubt that Jesse is lying about this thing is on February 7th, nine days after the alleged attack, a New York Post reporter is on the scene. And I just mm-hmm. want to put out there, I'm not accusing them of planning evidence, but this story is also very fishy. I also want to point out the New York Post, the New York Post is garbage and they are conservative. I'm not trying to d- defend Jesse. I'm just giving the facts. So Gabrielle Van Rouge is on the scene and she looks down and she sees a hot sauce bottle. Again, this is nine days after he was allegedly attacked. Mm-hmm. And I believe it's an El Yucateca bottle. And the hot sauce. I said is- again, or what? <laughs> You're gonna make me say my bad Spanish. El no, I didn't. Yucateca. Yo, Yucateca. Did I say right? <laughs> I don't know. I don't. Oh damn! See, can't even- <laughs> all right. So the bottle is clear, but the hot sauce is usually green. And Gabrielle notices it does not have any hot sauce traces in the bottle, so she picks it up off the ground. And, and it, it smells like bleach. And there's a bleachy smell to it. Supposedly, allegedly. She calls her editor and they come to the cl- conclusion that it would not still be there after nine days. 
So they come up with a theory. If they leave the bottle on the ground and they come back the next day, then that's evidence that proves that the bottle could still be there after nine days. So they come back the next day, the bottle's still there, still smells like bleach. They turn it over to the police. It's a very fishy story. But and this is from the New York Post? Yes. Oh, I don't believe it. But it, it I, don't say, why the fuck is it a New York New York Post writer, columnist, whoever the fuck, nine days after a story breaks about where this supposedly happened, you decide to go right to that spot and exactly where you are at that spot is an untouched, unturned over, unbroken piece of hot sauce glass in a Chicago sideways street situation? Oh, I wouldn't believe it for a second. Bitches lying. So whole, whole company's lying. The police say when, and this is on the New York Post, like you can go today and read it online. The police, when they first give the bottle to them, they say, you know, we would have found this if it was there. Mm. But then when they show the brothers the bottle, the brothers allegedly claim this was the bottle they used to pour bleach on him. So it does become evidence against Jesse. Okay, so here's my question. Well, you probably wouldn't know this. I guess we would have to look it up. Did the brothers, in their confession, did they mention the bleach? They they mentioned that they didn't, okay, they mentioned supposedly, oh, any other scratches on that man, he did himself because we only punched him one time. I thought you would also mention some bleach that you poured on the motherfucker as well. But they, she didn't. But oh, somebody shows this hot man. Why you got me mad? <laughs> they so okay. stupid. They might have. And if they didn't have no evidence against Jesse, of course they would find a way to. I, I feel like if you don't have good enough evidence, if anybody offers you a shred of something, you if you could have coerced these brothers into already copping to doing it, why wouldn't you be able to cop some more stuff to them to make it? a stronger case i don't know i think it's weird and it's kind of weird like why would you out of all things why a hot sauce bottle mm-hmm. and how much funneling work would that fucking take to put some bleach them hot sauce bottle tops small as well, a dime i think you can take even if you do take out like the little stopper it would still be small yeah you're right yeah i don't that's a lot of damn work I'm, I'd rather be just seen with the bleach bottle. And again, uh, all this information we're getting from the police, like we don't know what the brothers said on their own and what mm-hmm. the police kind of led them to say, which again, I'm not trying to defend Jesse, but it does give me doubt on some things like who's right, who's wrong, who's telling the truth. So on February 19, Kim Fultz, the state attorney, recuses herself from the case. In January, after the alleged attack, Fox talked with a family member of Jesse's, so there is now a connection or something, and she does not want it to be viewed as conflict of interest. Um, Interesting. Which I get. Like, at that time in January, if a family member of Jesse's did reach out and talk to Kim Fox, Jesse was still being viewed as a victim. Uh But on February 20th, Jesse is charged with disorderly conduct and filing a false police report. Jesse denies he is lying, but turns himself in. February 22nd, Jesse's character is removed from Empire. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Before you get into this, I do remember a couple things. Like, okay, I remember not a whole bunch of people, but a decent amount of people gave this man grief for turning turning himself in on those charges. But I'm like, what the fuck was the alternative? He he has a warrant out for his arrest and he can stop driving? Like, of course he got to turn himself in. Uh, yeah, why would you do brief about that? Like, that's just going to make this situation yeah, like, 10, people thought like times turn- worse. Yeah, it's like, whether you believe him or not, turning yourself in is not an admittance uh, of guilt. Am I saying that right? I don't know. I yeah. thought it was admission. Admission of guilt? Uh-huh. Okay, whatever. It's not an admission of guilt. It's not an admittance. <laughs> an admitted innocence. It's not none of those innocence. 
I mean, trying to get this shit solved and taken care of and get your mugshot out the way. But I'm sorry. Anyway, they took his ass off for Empire. On February <laughs> like, 22nd. Like that, sh- like that shit wasn't dying. <laughs> <laughs> On March 17th, a grand jury charges Jesse with 16 felony counts of disorderly conduct for filing false reports and making false statements to police. So 16. I'm about to break that down for you. I had to go with my most trusted source, Nancy Grace. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> I gotta go. I know she's problematic, but I love her. You're so- Southern Belle. Is she Southern? She's yeah. from Georgia. Yeah, Georgia Southern Peach. Um, <laughs> which it was on Fox, so kind of garbage. But Nancy Grace was telling how the reason it is 16 separate charges is because every officer or every detective he told his story to is a separate charge. Ah, oh, that's bullshit. That I is told my story to nobody ever. Because you what? know when, well, I guess it's true. Like <laughs> according Something to the tells TV, me he didn't request talking to sixteen people. Exactly in the TV shows, like you know, you tell your story to this one officer, and they're like, yes. well. Tell Officer Ramos what you just said, and you have to tell Officer Ramos and maybe Officer John Stamos. Oh, John Stamos. (laughs) Maybe he's in the room too. John Ramos. (laughs) And it does seem like they are tacking on the charges there. Like you said, it's bullshit. I think the the whole media storm with him and Donald Trump and people, (laughs) because people was really going for Jesse. Jesse, when they first heard that happen, it wasn't described as deeply it was just like actor jesse smollett uh attacked and blah 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 so everybody was coming out for him but then the story came out people started thinking it was a little shady then the trump stuff mm-hmm. or the maga and all this and it was just like they wanted to bury this man as deep as possible because i'm like i feel like they just went so hard for him like more than i've seen anybody for lesser or more crimes well, not lesser, I guess more crime <laughs> for higher, uh, higher quality and quantity of crime. This might sound mean, but it's not. It's really? not sarcastic. No, what I'm about to oh, say, okay. it's not about Jesse. <laughs> it's okay. not sarcastic or whatever. I really love that what I'm about to talk about, you bring up naturally. <laughs> like we're on the same wavelength. That oh really? Because I'll be feeling bad because I know I just be stepping on your lines and your <laughs> topics, but I'll be wanting to talk about it because it pops in my brain. I'm sorry, bro. So no, it's really good. So that brings us to March 26. Jesse is offered a deferred prosecution. So he's put into a deferment program. I know a little bit about that. (laughs) I keep seeing everywhere they're saying the charges were dropped, which is not really the case in a Mm -hmm. law point of view. So I'm going to break it down real quick. It's like a plea agreement, but you don't plead guilty. So you do a program. In Jesse's case, it was he forfeited his bond, which was $10,000. And I don't think they have a false reporting anonymous, so I don't know what program he went to, if any. But the case is sealed, so <laughs> I don't know the conditions. Also, that with is it, funny. Like, what what type of classes do you have to take for <laughs> false reporting? I mean, for and I didn't put the statement in here, but they said, you know, with his community service that he already does, and blah blah blah. Like, they thought this was a fair thing to do. And with it being a criminal case, I don't know how well it would have done in trial. It breaks down to the Osandero brothers' word against Jesse's and the hot sauce bottle. Like, that's really the evidence they have against him. And I'm like, you know, we've been talking about beyond a reasonable doubt. I feel like that's not a beyond reasonable doubt. You can't convict him on that shit. No. It's too too loose and it's too... um, circumstantial jesse's story to me is very weird and not believable but in my opinion the hot sauce bottle is even more not believable Uh so journey jojo and other smollett siblings have released statements saying they believe their brother and to this day jesse claims his innocence 
March yeah. 28th, Chicago authorities demand $130,000, saying that $10,000 was not enough to cover their expenses. <laughs> it was not enough to cover all the time we wasted on this man. <laughs> And on April 11th, the city of Chicago sues Jesse for $1,000 for each of his false allegations. Yeah, and I think that's stupid. If y'all already, I mean, I get it, it's civilly, but it's like, what what were y'all looking for? Were y'all looking for justice or were you looking for a payout? Because it's like, oh, yeah, we okay, we couldn't get you the way we wanted to. Now we're trying to get, get all the money out your pockets. And that's for, what, for our fees. And that's where I feel like, what you were just talking about. That's why I said, I love that you're always on the same track <laughs> that it now seems like they couldn't get him criminally. So now they're doing it civilly, which most of the time in like rape cases or stuff like that, I'm all for like, you know, get your money. But in this mm-hmm. one, it seems like they're just being extra, like trying to get him. Like, I feel like if he, it all depends on what happened. If Jesse committed a crime against the city, like, he was lying, um, like, I don't know, uh, he was drunk in his car and he crashed into some buildings or some shit and said that, that no, somebody else did it, but it turned out it was him. Oh, Sue, get your money back. But what happened to Jesse really didn't hurt anybody but himself, whether he was lying or telling the truth. And so to go at his pockets saying once he forfeited his bond, that wasn't enough. It's just those words, just that statement shows that, yeah, this is all about money now. It was never really, it's not about truth or justice. Let me just get this money because you already got a little bit. Let me get some more. So Jesse does end up countersuing in November saying he's already paid the 10000 and that was the agreement like with the deferred mm-hmm. program. The lawsuit also says he is the victim of malicious prosecution that caused him humiliation and emotional distress. A judge has ruled that Jussie cannot sue for malicious prosecution until all proceedings against him have ended. But it kind of does seem like malicious prosecution. Like they are finding a way to get him. They're not happy with the outcome that it was mm -hmm. a deferment. But at the end of the day, Yes, you had to pay officers and they paid overtime. I don't know how that breaks down to, and maybe taxpayers are paying money. But is it really $130,000? Yeah. That, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, and they, they, they're known to be, you know, double dealing, half in, half out of anybody's pocket who got deep enough pockets. I don't trust people. I don't trust no police in Chicago. <laughs> in April, uh, Osandaro brothers sue Jesse. It says to restore their reputation, so I guess that is defamation. Jesse's lawyer says they don't really have a case. And do you think in in that whole confession bullshit that they signed that uh, the police department could have wiggled in uh, something about them not being able to sue the police department, so they went with the only person they could sue? I don't know, because right now... Because I would think if the brothers were coerced and they felt like they really did get 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 got and their reputation was ruined, which no offense, it wasn't ruined until they said something, whether they were forced to or not. So uh, I feel like I would have sued, sued the police department. But if you felt like it was, well, no, if they feel like they were... No, bro, either way, you can't sue Jesse because either way, if you agree to do that bullshit with him... You can't you can't sue me because you got caught. <laughs> okay, so the Osandara brothers um, attacking Jesse is not a crime. Like you can pay someone to punch you. That's not a crime. Interesting. But okay. If oh yeah, I mean I would see dominatrix. They be doing all that. Yeah, but if you pay someone to punch you, and then that person reports it as a crime then that's a crime where it's a false statement. Like now you're setting a hoax up. Okay. So that is kind of why the Osandara brothers are suing Jesse. And the brothers also claim they didn't have anything to do with the magazine, but I believe I saw one source say that they did discover magazine with cut up pieces in their home. 
with the letter. Uh-huh. I, I don't know, man. I don't know, If Jesse is telling the together. truth, it is horrible that he's not believed. And we owe him an apology as a society. I mean, SNL made a skit about him. Dave Chappelle has made jokes about him. Uh-huh. Chris and, Rock. <laughs> yeah, if he's telling the truth. <clears throat> then... You know, it's very unfortunate. And I think here at Save Your Sorry, we try to believe the victim. I personally think there is more to the story somewhere out there. I don't know if it's the Osandero brothers. I don't know if it's Jesse, but some things are not adding up 100%. Um, I'm more on Jesse's side, and I'll tell you why. Because the police is bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) Everything that they've been doing is weird. And not to mention... Oh, I wish I could remember. No, I, I ain't going to bring it up. But they've covered up murders. So I feel like <laughs> it's not a stretch to be a part of a Jesse Smollett conspiracy, number one. Number two. Um, also, I'm thinking uh, they have dragged this out. When This happened in, what, 2009, right? 2018? 2019. 2019? They've dragged this out in so many multiple ways that, that they won't have a judgment. And everybody knows if you drag something up, drag something out, all the updates will pop up in the news. It's not new news, but it's new. Hey, Jesse Smollett came into court to talk over the charges of being sued over this, blah, blah, blah. blah. It'll keep coming up in the news. His name keeps coming up under negative things. He gets bad publicity. Nobody wants to work with him. He's he's looked at as a leper. So as long as you don't come to um, another solid agreement, he's not guilty. He's not innocent. He's just in hell, purgatory hell of not being believed and not having anything to show for not being believed. He's not sh- served his time and he's not cleared his name. And no offense, I haven't seen him in anything new either. So it's like, yeah, he he's he's kind of getting shit on in all directions. It doesn't matter. Even the rehabilitated folks who do fucked up shit and serve their time or come clean, even they get to shine after a while. And we talking about some trash people. We even talking about uh old dude come. I mean, these comedians they they waiting a couple years and coming back. These people serve their time for rape and robbery and murder. Uh, whether it be manslaughter or not, and then come back and they got these these uh, roles and they got these uh, this influence, but he can't even can't even get a a judgment to go his way. I am kind of on the side of Jesse made it up. Um, I was definitely a hundred percent more on the side. Of that he made it up before the research. The story does not seem that plausible to me. And later, there's actual footage of... They passed each other several times, him and the brothers. So I don't know what... Like, were they planning to do it? Were they waiting for a certain time? But I think at first, it made me really think, like, when they were saying the attackers had MAGA hats on and, like... You would you could know it's black men if they're just wearing matter hats. But saying they have ski masks, okay, well, maybe you can you can like not really tell they're white. But he says they're white. And just with it saying this is matter country, it it does not sound believable. And when in that interview, he says when I forget her name, but when the lady who's doing the interview says, why do you think they attacked you? He says, because I've been so outspoken. I'm so outspoken. He like smiles about it. And I just think if you're going to attack someone, Jesse's not the one. I mean, yes, he's outspoken, but he's not. (laughs) He's (laughs) He's like not the one. Like he is not the front face of. He's not that big fish you're looking for. Yeah, he's not you know, the face of Black Lives Matter. He's not the face of the Democratic Party. He's not the face of something that matters really going to hate. He's just an actor. There's uh, thousands of them. I get you. 
Um, Come on, say that. Millions of them if we're talking inspiring. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, I, okay. I, I get you. I, I, I'm not going to lie. Especially after you laid out some of this. I would feel, if anything, both sides is fucking lying. Like you said, something about his story ain't right. But the police, some, something about how they're getting that information and their evidence, something ain't right either. I something ain't of, right either. So I and, think I think people are corrupt on both sides. That maybe maybe Jesse did do this for some weird reason, or this didn't happen exactly as he said it. But something telling me something's telling me that if they really if Jesse really did this through and through. They would have had a better case to pin him on criminally, especially if they had the so-called perpetrators in the brothers. Yes. I think that and if they it have... was hardcore slam dunk with those two people who supposedly did the crime with him, it should have been uh, it, it, it. He should have been behind bars. That's why I think b- both of them have something, something uh, going on. I just I think there's a piece missing. I think Jesse did make it a hoax, but. There's definitely a piece missing. And I don't believe the hot sauce story. I, I don't. Sorry, New York mm. Post. Sorry, Beyonce. Swag. <laughs> the lady said, because there's a video, um, Gabrielle, she's like, and I saw hot sauce on the floor. And who would carry hot sauce on the sidewalk? And I'm like, Beyonce would. It's in her bag. <laughs> like, that's my <laughs> first thought. Um, I just, yeah. Do you doing. think Jussie has a future? Because right now, that's where we're at. Like, <clears throat> he's still being sued. He, do you think he has a future in Hollywood? Man, I, man, I feel, man, I'll even go first. if he's lying. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no. <laughs> I, no, I, not, not in, not in Holly Hollywood. I think if this never would have happened. And uh, whether uh, Empire would have got canceled when it did or didn't, he would have had a better chance to be the breakout star in whatever he was trying to be, whether it be more in music and or 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 acting. But I think his biggest thing is going to be more um, LGBT films if he still does films or shows. And maybe his music getting out, but not his music getting anywhere near the ears or recognition he was on track to receive uh, through Empire without this incident happening. So really? no, he'll, he'll he'll be famous. He'll be known, especially because this is attached to his name. But as far as recognition, as far as his um, his art being put out there and seen by a lot of people, that's not I don't think that's going to happen as like it should have. I think. He can a hundred percent make a comeback. I think really? he has. I don't think so. He has friends in Hollywood, especially black actors. I saw how Taraji P Henson has talked about him afterwards, and how Journey defends him, his sister. And those... but are those same people willing to bat for you? and risk their position and at a job to bring you on or create something to bring you on. That's I, what I don't think. I think, of course, he has friends and people love him, especially Taraji. I don't think she's gonna, he's going to be anywhere near one of her sets, though. I think he's going to come back and maybe it's going to be on a mostly Black show because, okay, like a show like Empire, when that first came out, you know, matter of people aren't watching that type of show. And mm-hmm. it was geared towards black people, yeah. So maybe a show that's more geared towards black people or people of color are going to believe him more. I think right now in the public opinion, he's a joke. I don't think anyone really hates him though. I think he's just viewed as a joke. You can come back from being that's, a joke. That's You're, what... he might always be a joke, but people don't hate him. Name somebody you think who's came back from being a joke. Um, Britney Spears. Yeah, because we see she's she's being a she's a fucking prisoner. That's different. Lindsay and I don't think Britney People Spears love was Lindsay a joke. now. Lindsay? Oh no, I still think she's a joke. <gasps> yeah, you heard me. I said it again. Chuck it a joke, joke, joke. I'll be I'll be yucking it up when I think of her. 
This was for you get canceled. <laughs> no, but <laughs> here's what I'll say. I'll say this. Yes. Just, you know what? I think Jesse could make a big comeback if he did one thing. He had to swallow his pride and be and be uh and be basically the boy everybody made fun of. Like he'd have to be that one who make who would laugh and uh publicly make fun of his scandal and call himself a liar. And people would laugh at him and and try to welcome him back after a while. But if he never admits to it being a hoax and him lying and him falling on his sword or their sword or whoever the fuck sword, I don't think he's making a comeback. And that's why I I think he's too proud to admit it, whether it's true or not. And I don't think he will. And that's what people I think people want. Like you said, people want to laugh at him. And so if he if he's not laughing I don't think people are going to want to watch him. That didn't make no sense, but it made sense when I said it in my head. <laughs> I get what you're saying, though. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? As long as you do, these listeners are like, what the fuck you talking about? I think there's a way, though. I feel like out of all the celebrities we have covered, he probably has the best chance. Really? Hmm, I'm trying to think. Let me look at the people. We, well, yes, his is on the light side of the scandal. His scandal would only, if 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 it turns out true, everything he did, his biggest scandal was that he lied and did a false police report. So yes, he he, as opposed to other people who were killing their dogs and <laughs> um, you know, touching on people who were too young. And people unconscious, I definitely think, yes, he has the best shot. <laughs> but no, no, you know what? That's a lie. You know what? Actually, he doesn't have the best shot. Who does? Oh, never mind. We haven't talked about him. But the person that we were going to talk about soon, he has the best shot and he's trash. He's a whole pervert. Oh, he definitely is. And I don't even know who we're talking about. You want me to give you a clue? Yeah. He's the Pied Piper. Oh, no. Um. <laughs> everybody's still talking about trying to go to a concert like what is what the fuck is wrong with y'all i don't know um but we do have to end this yes 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 so wrap it up wrap it up to end it on a positive note we always like to do a form of media that we relate to in some way so do you want to go first uh, i wanted to until you said it like that <laughs> i relate to uh, i wouldn't say i relate but um I, this is a uh, this just reminds me of my childhood, like most of my media, a simpler time where bills that were disconnect weren't my problem. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I picked a movie. It's a childhood movie that I used to watch a ton, especially with my siblings. And uh, it was introduced to me from my grandmother. Um, it's called Rockadoodle. Uh, until I actually looked this up so I could talk a little bit about it, I did not know how old this movie was. I've never even heard of it. It's it's not Disney. It's not DreamWorks. It's off-brand. No, off-brand. <laughs> I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't even tell you. I'm trying to... Who's in it? I couldn't even tell you. You know maybe one, pers- one person who was in this, and I didn't even know who was in it, and it's Christopher Plummer. R.I.P. R.I.P.? You know I don't Plummer? know who he is. Oh, my God. Ugh. That's embarrassing, bro. You're supposed to be supposed to know the the act the iconic actors of our time. I know this podcast has made me realize I don't know as many celebrities as I thought I did. Shame, but um, Rockadoodle came out 1991. Um, essentially, it's about this rooster who lives on the farm, and he has a a beautiful voice. I'm guessing the voice is played by Glenn Campbell. I know him, but I don't know him. You know, I've heard of him. I know he was like a country singer, some shit like that. Uh, but he's a rooster on a farm and he wakes the farm up every morning with his beautiful song. And he keeps the farm going because, you know, the rooster wakes everybody up, he, blah, blah, blah. He's he's say, uh, what, is, what do they call him? Sh- Chanticleer. It's a weird ass name. But basically, one day he leaves the farm onto greener pastures becomes a famous old rock star rooster and the farm uh cannot cooperate without him and it end up it ends up being intertwined with a real life um story with humans that get turned into cartoon characters and it's just kind of cute and it's childlike and it's just uh good songs and you it just brings back good memories about how it doesn't matter 
Uh, basically, you just have humble beginnings. And when you get out there to the bright lights, the big city, and you're not fulfilled, sometimes you got to go back home. Whether you go back to Hollywood or not, you got to go back home. Remember who you are. Remain humble. Oh, that's like Coldplay fits you. Lights will guide you home. I do like that song. Love it. Um, but yeah, yeah it's an I, interesting movie. That sounds nice. Nice little childhood movie. I probably won't be watching it, but it sounds yeah, nice. You didn't even, I didn't even believe you when you said that. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds nice. It It didn't sound nice. I tried my best, sir. (laughs) There is some movies when you're a child, you just have to watch them as a child. And like, that's where the magic is. When you watch them as an adult, the magic is not there. I, I, yeah, I will. Tricks are for kids. (laughs) And tricks started to taste like trash as a teenager and adult. You're right. They're for kids. Yep. Um, anything else you want to add? Um, mm, no, thank you. You go, sir. I still see no Jennifer Lewis. Okay. I'll go with mine. Damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Why do you wait till I do my media and then you say that? I felt I'll shame you. I'm going to put a goddamn alarm. Okay. I have referenced this movie. Several times on this podcast, though. And finally, it's going to be my media. It's a very new movie. It is Malcolm and Marie. I... Oh, my God. There is something about movies, especially argument movies. I Sometimes I just watch clips on YouTube of arguments. And <laughs> I love drama when I'm not involved in it. And Malcolm and Marie is just one bit fight. That's all it is. And so for the people who have not watched it, this little synopsis is Malcolm and Marie come home and you can tell Marie's mad about something. And Malcolm's like, why are you mad? She's like, not, I'm not, I don't want to get into it. And it's all because he made a movie about her life. Hashtag spoilers. And (laughs) I mean, it's, it's in the first five minutes. And so, and he did not thank her. And that's the whole premise of the movie. And they argue back and forth, back and forth about it. So at the end of the movie, there's a scene where she's crying and she gives like a thank you speech, like, thank you, Marie, for doing this. Thank you, Marie, for doing that. And, you know, talking about herself, like, thank you, Marie, for always being there for me. And I just I've had a shit week and I just (laughs) did not feel appreciated this week at work. And so when I was watching, you know, I had a shit week. I came home, I watched the movie and just hearing her say, thank you for doing this. Thank you for doing that. I'm like. Thank you, Jose. Thank you for doing this. And like it, it's just one of those movies that I watch to comfort me. And it's such a good movie. Um, if you don't like arguing, I guess it's not a good movie for you. And I know there's some problematic things with it. I've seen like the articles about it, but just enjoy it. It's just good. Um, I think that's yeah, all I'm gonna pass on it. Yeah. <laughs> it. Okay. When I first and let heard- me talk about you. When you when you said this sentence, I just looked at the I just looked at the air and squinted. When you said I don't like drama, <laughs> or you said I like <laughs> drama, <laughs> uh, especially when I'm not in it. What? <laughs> That's true. Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> I'm just going. <laughs> I'm just saying. I I, I know you. Okay, I am not the type of person to start shit just to start shit. But if I didn't there, say that. If there is something that needs said, I'm definitely going to be like, you know, one of the real housewives once we go out to eat and be like, oh, well, I heard you said this. And, you know, I, I just have to put it in the air because I'm, I'm, I hate a phony bitch who fronts the chum chummy. Like, I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> that was a Nicki let Minaj me just, verse. <laughs> let me just tell you, let me just quote you with one of my favorite Jose upfront quotes. Okay. And it's it's very short. Let's see if I cut it. I, I wish you could, I, I wish you could, I wish you could see me do the hand movements, have hand movements. Um, so you have an odor. <laughs> me me telling someone they stink in a nice way is not that me. Shit was- so funny you you cupped your hands and you swung them twice in a row as you said odor you have an 
odor. That that makes me come <laughs> off as mean, but it was not mean. It was a intervention. Oh, trust me, Jose was doing the nicest thing possible for our nose hairs at that time. That, that person did not get it through their skull, but they smelled like a landfill. Yeah, something had to be done. See, I so I don't like drama. Like I did not want to bully that person or to attack that person. It was more like. This needs to be said. No one's saying it to you. I'm going to say it. That's not drama. To yeah, me. that wasn't really drama. You're right. I just really wanted to bring that up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, anything else to add before we wrap this up? Um, keep listening. We get better with age, just like wine. We do. Um, if you ever want to send us a media that you relate to, you can send it to our gmail which is saveyoursorry at gmail.com sometimes we can't even think of media so it would really be saving us some time and energy if we could read yours percent. Um, if you want to see like what we're talking about that week you can reach out to us on instagram that's save your sorry on instagram katrina runs that one if you want to see rambles and shout outs on twitter I run the Twitter account. That's Save Your Sorry. But the your is spelled you are. And if you want to send us a dollar or two, I just subscribed to the New York Times articles, like the subscription. So I could get you guys better research. So send me a oh, dollar yes. so I don't have to front that all. <laughs> that Was- is- the Washington Post, too. They be charging. Yes, I Wall am Street tar- Journal. I am tired of running out of articles and I was like, this is such a good article. I need to buy it. And so if you want to send us a dollar so I can give you even better research, then (laughs) cash app, cash app us. It's the app cash app at save your sorry. So dollar sign, save your sorry. Just spelled like the podcast cash. It has been wonderful. As always, I was your host, Jose, with my co-host, Katrina. Um, we will it's see been you. real. <laughs> we will see you next weekend on Saturday. Bye. Bye.